It's Friday, and you've reached the Kelly Wendland Podcast. On today's podcast, we talk with Heather Miner, Senior Recruiter. Coming up next. One, good morning, Heather Miner. How are you this morning? Good morning, Kelly. I'm good. How about you? <laughs> good. Are you in a workshop this morning or are you in a manufacturing environment? What do you got going on over there? I am in, yeah, I'm in the shop. It's a wood shop, but on the side of me is also like our workout area. So for our morning meetings, I'm on the treadmill. So this Really? Is right oh, so you're treadmilling while the meeting's going on? Yep. And then there's a desk right next to it. So I'm now I'm at the desk. Interesting. And, and what are we looking at that white half arc? Is that like a um, water wheel, that half of a water wheel, and you're going to build, make your own electricity out there in the country? Or what? what is that? I should be so lucky. No, that's a, we have a trellis that we have some honeysuckles growing on and the top of it started rotting out. So my husband took that off. He's going to rebuild that. Well, that looks like a good project for him. Yeah. yeah, good. So how long, let's talk recruiting and culture today. You've been in, in business and technology for over 20 years. You're known as someone that's very passionate about uh, <laughs> people and culture. H- how long have you been recruiting and in HR and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. And I apologize being out here in the country. Sometimes my internet gets a little sketchy. So I don't know if I'm freezing or not, but yeah, I started back before we used the internet to recruit, which is a little embarrassing to say. I started with a notebook and a pen and a phone and a phone book. Um, <laughs> and to say I'm passionate about it, uh, I think is to put it mildly. Sometimes I get definitely very focused on some things about the people I'm working with. I definitely believe there's some right ways and wrong ways to do things with recruiting. And I think a lot of that comes from my first job. I worked for a street commission headhunter who, it turns out wasn't known for doing things the right way. And I think I probably learned everything I needed to know uh, by doing it the other way. So uh, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And what were the wrong ways? Like in your mind, what what were the things that stood out as I should never do this? Oh, I have got stories. <laughs> so he would do things like an employee... So he was placement full-time. He would do things like um, somebody would get an offer for $20,000 more, but the technology was eight years older. The person would turn down the offer. He'd tell the recruiter, okay, we'll go call his wife. Let his wife know that he just turned down $20,000. He would have people dress in UPS outfits and go have a receptionist go look for something so that they could reach behind the desk and get the employee directory. I mean, I worked for that kind of place. Wow. That's that, that he should have been in show business. He's creative. (laughs) 
yeah. So those are just a couple of stories to give you an idea of. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah. That, that's a high level of aggressiveness. How how has it changed? How has recruiting changed? You learned what not to do, but over the over the twenty plus years, how, how has your job changed, or has it changed at its core? Oh, I think it's become so much more relationship based. I don't if those types of hand hunting, so to speak, are out there. I don't see or hear about it at all. I think having done this for so long, I've seen the markets go up and down, candidates in the driver's seat, companies in the driver's seat. But at the end of the day, no recruiter is going to get anywhere if they're not building trusted relationships, both with um, organizations as well as the clients. Um, You have to understand people's motivations and values and as well as the organization's um, cultures and workplaces and work styles. It's one thing to know somebody's skills. It's a whole nother thing to understand what's truly going to make someone happy and motivated and get them working um, in a way that's going to excite the company also. Yeah. We are seeing some shift in you know, there's always a balance, you know, what makes someone happy, what motivates them. But then, you know, we've come from 10 or 15 years of that was the primary focus. And I think we, you might agree with this. You might not that we're seeing some shift that the companies are, are getting some power back in that negotiation, um, which leads me to my, my next question about working from home. Cause for, you know, for, during the COVID years, everybody worked from home. And then we've seen people say, hey, I'm only going to work from home. But over the last six months, we're seeing less and less of that. We're seeing people being more flexible. Do you think work from home will be a thing in 2024? You know, I think it will be to some extent. I think a lot of people are really excited to have the opportunity to get back to the office, to spend time with colleagues. I don't think there's very many people who want to do it five days a week, four days a week. Sorry, my thing just told me I lost connection for a minute. But I do think that there's going to always be a lot more work from home than there ever was before. People who worked from home prior to COVID are still going to want to work from home. But other than that, I don't see hybrid working going away. So I think it's going to be in moderation, but yeah. I don't see it going away altogether. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think most of us like going in to see people and most of us also enjoy not having to drive five days a week um, so we can, you know, get up and have coffee and start working at seven or seven thirty, And, you know, you, work at that pace and have two extra hours where you can maybe get an extra hour of work done. Plus you get an hour to yourself or something. That's a, it's a pretty good trade-off for, I think many of us question about culture. Cause we're, we're moving into the, the territory of culture. I was reading in Harvard business journal. They say that great cultures include strong core values, leadership, unified sense of purpose, accountability and autonomy and uh, recognition and appreciation. Would you agree with those being the, the keys to a great culture? I think the 
primary key. I think, yeah, they all can be. But if you don't start with kind of that shared value and shared source of interest or understanding of who and what the organization is, the rest all fall apart. You know, you can have... And a lot of that comes from leadership. So I guess leadership being a part of that as well. But communication and recognition and all of that type of stuff isn't going to have much of an impact if people don't understand where it's coming from and why. When you have that shared idea of why we're here or who we are, then everything from the communication and the recognition and all of those other components all stem from that. And it's this cohesiveness that creates that culture, I think. And I'm going to try to edit all this in and see how it works. But okay. So how, how would you, well, let's, and let's end the interview like this, Heather. Okay. Who's winning the Stanley cup, the Panthers or the Vegas Knights? You're up. That's so easy. I've been a Knights fan from the day they started. But if you just accept your Lord and Savior, it won't matter in a way. And when we Yeah.